0: Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Good morning. My name is Bron. For those of you who don't know me, this is the first week, uh, th- third week, sorry, of Advent. And um, for those of you who've been following along in the reading plan and uh, I just want to tell you where that came from, because every term we do a spirit, what we call a spiritual growth campaign. Sometimes we'll be working through a book, sometimes we'll be working through a topic and we do weekend messages. We usually do midweek studies and we do um, daily devotions as well. And we do it as a church right across every location and, and do that all together. And for those of you who are kind of looking at, looking at the daily and weekly prayers and some of the suggested practices, some of you might be thinking, Bron, that's why I came to this church, because I was actually kind of trying to get away from tradition and this Feels a bit traditional to me, where it actually came from was that someone anonymously sent me um, the liturgy and the annual common book book of prayer. Now, if you had to send that to Daz, it never would have got read. But um, if someone sends me something, I generally feel like I have to read it. And so we started this doing Advent. uh, And what I love about it is, is that when there is a liturgy, you find that you actually cover things over that you might not have otherwise covered. And at this time of year, Christians everywhere are looking forward to the coming of Christ and looking back at His first coming as well. Uh, And so there's a a weekly prayer, and I think we have it on a slide. Just um, tell me no if it's not there, Trish, I might not have put it in there. But there's a weekly prayer, the first slide, and we're actually going to pray this all together if it does come up. Here it is. Okay, so let's pray this together. Almighty God, You have made us and all things to serve Come quickly to save us so that wars and violence shall end and your children may live in peace, honouring one another with justice and love through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And Lord God, as we go through this Advent time and this Advent season, I pray that you'll work unity in our hearts with one another. Lord, that we would be in you even as you are in us. And that, Lord, we would uh, show the world that we truly love you and that we're truly your disciples by our love for one another in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So like I said, uh, Advent is a time where we set aside, time to think about the coming of Jesus, not just when he came, but when he's coming back again. Messiah, the coming of the Messiah. Messiah means anointed one. Uh, In in the New Testament, it's Christos. The language of the New Testament is Greek and it's Christos, which also means anointed one. That's where we get Christ from. When the new um, church was born, uh, after Jesus died and rose again and went back to heaven, the people who were first called Christians, and that meant little Christ, it was meant as an insult, oh, they're the little Christ's. But the early church embraced that as their identifier and said, yeah, we'll happily be the little anointed ones. We'll happily follow in Jesus Christ's footsteps. We're okay with that. They took it as a compliment. But we're looking forward to His coming again. And that might be news to you if you got dragged along to church here this morning. If someone said, come along to church where they've got free snow cones and you're like, absolutely, I'm in. Uh, It might be news to you that we're not just celebrating Jesus' birth, not just celebrating Him as a historical figure. You may see Him as someone that, oh yeah, Christians celebrate His birth at Christmas and his death at Easter. Well, actually, no, we celebrate his death on Good Friday for paying the price for our sins, but actually his rising to new life, his, right, his resurrection on the Sunday, and that he gives us new life as well. He's not someone, a historical figure. He rose from the dead, not as some zombie apocalypse living dead kind of scenario, but a life from the dead, defeating death, conquering death. Uh, getting rid of sin, taking our guilt and our shame with Him. It's why Christians everywhere sing a song that says, No guilt in life, no fear of death. This is the power of Christ in me. He promised He would come back again. And since then, by His Holy Spirit, He has been redeeming people everywhere, restoring them and returning them to a right relationship with God. Is anyone here today one of those people that he's been restoring you, redeeming you, bringing you back to a right relationship with God? Five people, that is awesome. Anyone else? We've got a few in the room. That's great. (laughs) It was going to be a really full altar call. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, um, online you might not be able to see it, but there are people, there are about at least seven people with their hands up who have been restored to a right relationship with God. Now, uh, He's restored our souls, but actually He's restoring all of creation. He's promised that He will restore everything back to Himself, and that day is coming. Uh, you might be thinking, Bron, this is a lot for me to get my head around that. That's a, that's a, a big concept, and I understand. And this is where faith comes in. Logic and reasoning will take us so far, and at some point faith comes in and belief carries us the rest of the way, and maybe today that will happen for you. So in week one of Advent, we looked at hope, the thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. In week two, we looked at peace and today we look at joy. And I gotta say, obviously love is first in the fruits of the spirit for a reason, but I could not live this Christian life without joy. And maybe for you today, the thought of joy and Christianity just doesn't go together. Maybe you've thought, no, I feel like like Christianity is heavy and it's weighty and it feels actually quite negative and it's all about negativity. Let me tell you today that a fruit of the Spirit is joy that actually Christians should be the most joyful person people in the world. Look at the person next to you and say, "You aren't getting it right. <laughs> you big sad sack." <laughs> we should be the most joyful people in the world. Let me read Isaiah 35. It says, "Even the wilderness and desert will be glad in those days. The wasteland will rejoice." Just think about like the Bible, okay, I get it is hard to understand at times, but if sometimes we don't try to like pan it all out and figure every little thing and just kind of take in the concepts, the imagery in this passage is so beautiful. Isaiah 35 verse one, even the wilderness and desert will be glad in those days. The wasteland will rejoice and blossom with spring crocuses. I don't even know what a crocus is. Are they nice, Sal? Beautiful, beautiful. Yes, there will be an abundance of flowers and singing and joy. The deserts will be as green as the mountains of Lebanon, as lovely as Mount Carmel or the plain of Sharon. There the Lord will display His glory, the splendour of our God. With this news, strengthen those who have tired hands and encourage those who have weak knees. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear for your God is coming to destroy your enemies. He is coming to save you. And when He comes, He will open the eyes of the blind and unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like a deer and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. Springs will gush forth in the wilderness and streams will water the wasteland. The parched ground will become a pool and springs of water will satisfy the thirsty land. Marsh grass and reeds and rushes will flourish where desert jackals once lived. And a great road will go through that once deserted land. It will be named the Highway of Holiness." Evil-minded people will never travel on it. It will only be for those who walk in God's ways. Fools will never walk. Their lions will not lurk along its course, nor any other ferocious beast. There will be no other dangers. Only the redeemed will walk on it. Those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return. They will enter Jerusalem singing, crowned with everlasting joy. Sorrow and mourning will disappear and they will be filled with joy and gladness." Now, this is a passage that spoke to people who'd who'd been taken from their land and, and they were desperate to go home. And you know what? That's me sometimes. When I understand that this world is not all there is, there is sorrow and sighing, it says in that passage, there's sorrow and sighing. But when I think about the what's to come, Jesus coming back, putting desert into beautiful, beautiful, beautiful lands, then I'm filled with joy and gladness. These were conquered and invaded people who now live far, and way, far away. The passage was to encourage them that God was still in control. But it's also a passage, it's meant to be talking about the final day when Jesus comes back. It says that there'll be great cause for celebration. But knowing it, and knowing that we are found in His love is cause for celebration right now. See, joy is not the same as happiness. Recently, my other son, Taylor, <laughs> had, a, had a bad time of it. And we were away at the time and try and Mary call us, and we'd all <laughs> just, you know, when your kids are sick, we'd just cry over the phone together. Happiness is not the same as Joy. Happiness is dependent on your circumstance. And I can tell you right now that Troy and Marie, Taylor was out of it and he didn't care, <laughs> but Troy and Marie were not happy in that moment. Daz and I were not happy in that moment. Lockie and Kate weren't happy in that moment. Haley, of course, was not happy in that moment. We were desperate. But joy is something that is much more... Much more eternal, much deeper than that. You see, even in the midst of this circumstance where they're saying Taylor's life is touch and go, there was a deep joy in their hearts that said, even if the worst happens, we know where he's going. Even if the very worst happens, we know where he's going. But we trust even now in a God who will restore this situation. Our happiness is dependent on this circumstance. Our joy is dependent on an everlasting God who looks after us. Joy that the Bible talks about is an attribute that wells up deep inside of us, a fruit that's germinated, tended to and brought to maturity. In Galatians 5, it says, verse 22 and 23, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. There is no law against these things. You see, joy is born from grace. The joy that the Bible talks about, it's born from grace. It's a deep abiding joy because of the favour that God has given to us that we don't deserve. We couldn't earn it, we don't deserve it, but He pours it out to us. When you get a gift that is not based on the strength of your relationship, so let's think about it for a second. If you are close with your sister and and you're a sister, you're a girl, and you're close with a sister and you've got a really strong relationship and you know each other inside out, You expect a good present from your sister, right? (laughs) Like you you expect it. If they give you a rubbish present, you're like, what has happened here? (laughs) This is not okay. Someone who you actually don't have a strong relationship with and they give you a gift that you don't deserve and you've done nothing to earn it and you don't have a close relationship. There's almost like a, Whoa, oh, no, oh sorry, I can't, I can't open it. Is anyone else like that in the room? You find it hard to receive a gift from your friends, let alone someone that you don't know and, and you don't have a, you've not given them anything in return. Well, God's grace is like that. He holds out His salvation to us, us who are undeserving of it. And He says, go on and accept what I've done for you. And when we open it, it brings peace between us and Him. It brings a promise for eternity. It gives us power to live this life and it gives us purpose in this life. And all that is just a gift to us, simply saying, yes, I trust in you, Jesus. (laughs) Yes, our happiness leaves when we have bad news. Yes, our happiness leaves when our marriage goes poorly. Yes, our happiness leaves when someone gets sick. But our joy, it remains if we keep our eyes fixed on that wonderful gift of grace. 1 Peter verse 1 verse 8 and 9 says, "You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls." And in Proverbs 17, I love this verse so much. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. Anyone know it this morning? A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, like a medicine is a merry heart. A broken spirit. Okay, sorry. It's just me and Bob. It's just me and you, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> you all needed to get saved in the 70s before I was born too. (laughs) I love this verse. I love this verse. It's so true. Let me read it again. A cheerful heart is a good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. A, A rejoicing heart, a heart filled with joy and celebration. When my heart is joyful, I'm like, I've got so much energy for the day. But when my heart is broken, I barely have energy to see the day through. But when I'm joyful, when I'm joying in the God of my salvation, I come back to who I am meant to be. We, we just went on holidays and we went to some theme parks. And um, on the second last day, I could feel my strength waning. I could feel myself start to get short. And on the fourth day, the kids will attest that I was just a grump. <laughs> I was just a full grump. And uh, and I was there and they kept talking to me. I'm like, there's like 62 weeks of holidays left. <laughs> and then they were talking to me. I'm like, okay, good kids, that's great. That's, okay. And I went, oh, you know what I need right now? I need my quiet time. So kids go for a ride, do whatever you've got to do. Just leave me alone. I just got to get back into the Word of God. And, and just joying in my salvation, just coming back with Jesus, just spending time with Him and delighting in Him. Oh, it it gives me joy. It gives me the strength to go on. I was nice for at least five minutes when they got back. And this is another verse, Psalm thirty-seven, verse four. It says, "Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you your heart's desires." Take delight, rejoice in the Lord. Take delight in Him. This means that not, you know, this is sometimes how it's read: is if you will love God, He'll give you what you want. That's not what the verse says. It says, "Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart." And yes, He may give you what you want, but what this is saying is, He rewires your desires as you live in Him, as you celebrate in Him. Your desires. Stay Start to change. Oh, I know that that's the truth. What I wanted once, I don't want anymore because delighting in Him has meant that my desires changed. We're going to read an amazing passage right now that says so much about who God is. And I'm going to ask the band to come up now. It says in Nehemiah chapter 8 this is the people after that first passage that we read, which was a prophecy about people going back to Jerusalem. They've gone back and they've rebuilt the wall and they've found the book of the law of God. And in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 8, it says they read from the book of the law of God and clearly explained the meaning of what was being read, helping the people understand each passage. So they've been in exile for decades and decades. And now they're back and they've rediscovered the book of the law which was their Bible, their Scriptures. Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, don't mourn or weep on such a day as this. So they were listening to the words of Scripture and they were starting to tear their clothes. They were bereft, they were devastated at how far they'd fallen short of what God had asked them to do. But this is the heart of God. He doesn't say, that's right, you should be upset. How dare you, you filth, you rotten sinners. This is what is said. The the people in charge say, don't mourn or weep on a day such as this. For today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. For the people had all been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. And Nehemiah continued, go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Instead of getting all down on themselves and devastated about the ways they'd fallen short, Nehemiah says, no, no, just push back in. Just celebrate again. Go find someone who doesn't have anything and share with them. Let's celebrate before the Lord today because the joy of the Lord is your strength. The guilt and the shame that you carry is not your strength that will keep you in weakness and darkness. But coming to God and coming to Him, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the people went away to eat and drink, had a festive meal, to share gifts of food and to celebrate with great joy because they had heard God's words and understood them. It's kind of this sense of joy is, even what's meant to happen around the Lord's table when we have communion. Yes, it is a solemn occasion as we self-examine and we think about what Jesus has done for us. But also we celebrate because He did what we could never do. He paid the price for our sin. He took away our guilt and shame. He gave us a fresh start. He told us that all the old things had become new again. Uh, he swapped us. He gave us an exchange, our fear for His faith in us, uh, our, our tears for for rejoicing and celebration and it's not just us that are celebrating by the way listen to this Luke chapter 15 verse 1 this is who Jesus is hanging out with tax collectors anyone work for the ATO it's not talking about you if you work for the ATO that's a legitimate job any accountants in the room today We high five you, that's a great profession. Thank you for helping us to get a tax return. Tax collectors, these are people who were the scum of the scum. They were betraying their people. They were were pilfering from their own people who were already oppressed. They were taking advantage of the situation. They're put in a different category from sinners everywhere you see it. There's sinners and tax collectors. So tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. That's the kind of Jesus, that's the kind of God that we serve. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that He was associating with such sinful people and even eating with them. So Jesus told this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully Carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't straight away. I wonder if today you're that sheep that's wandered off. And I wonder today if you think that Jesus is looking at you with disgust in his eyes. Or maybe you think that he's looking at you with disdain or he's looking at you with disappointment. You don't realise that he's just waiting for you to turn to him so he can joyfully carry you home on his shoulders. It says here, Suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbours and say, rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. So here we are heading towards the end of the year. And maybe today you're just, you've been coming to church all year, but you realise that you've gotten caught in the busyness of the season and and you're hearing God's voice say, come and come away with me, just come and rest with me, come and be in my presence, just come and let that be enough for you. And if that's you today, I I pray that you'll do that. But maybe today you want to come home to Him for the first time or the first time in a long time. And I tell you that if you do today, there's great joy over you doing that. There's great joy not just here at the chapel, because we love you and we want you to know your Saviour, but there's great joy in heaven, There's so many beautiful Christmas carols about joy, joy to the world. We sang it, the Lord has come. There's another one, oh come, oh come, Emmanuel. This longing in our hearts, this world weariness that we carry that says, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, Israel. One I mentioned before, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. So if you're weary in your heart this morning, let's just all close our eyes together. It's like we're heading towards the end of the year. you had got a lot to get done before Christmas maybe. Maybe you're looking forward to a break or whatever it is, but there's a weariness and a heaviness in your heart. We're going to pray that God would deep dig wells of joy in your heart this morning. Mighty God, I just pray right now for everyone who just feels a little world weary. Lord, that you would just come and be with us. Emmanuel, God with us. I pray that we would enter into your rest this morning. Lord, that it wouldn't be that that we have to work, 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 and then we stop and we have a break. But Lord, no, we work from rest. That we find this place of life with you that is full of joy. Lord, I pray for anyone who's like, oh no, my circumstances completely get me down. They completely beat me up. I am dictated to completely by my circumstances. Then Lord, I pray for them right now that they would find in You an inexhaustible source of joy in Jesus' Name. This is my prayer for every single one of us here this morning. We're just gonna sing the chorus of Worthy of It All. Just that we're gonna stay seated and um, Ryan's gonna come in just a moment. But we've got one more verse and this is, we're gonna leave this verse up. Romans chapter 15, verse 13, it says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe today, that first prayer, that was 100% for you but you realise you've got to go that one step further. You've got to enter in just that little bit more and you've got to come home to Jesus maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time. Let's close our eyes again before we sing. If that's you, I'd love to pray for you this morning. And as a church, we just would pray all together. If that's you, yep, I want to come home. Let this week before Christmas in 2023 be the time that I come home to Jesus. I want Jesus to put me on His shoulders and carry me all the way home. I want Him to rejoice in heaven that I have decided to follow Him. If that's you this morning, will you just go ahead and raise your hand? Because I'd love to know who I'm praying for this morning. That's a great decision over there. That's awesome. Is there anyone else this morning? Yep, that's me. Yep, I want to follow Jesus. I want to come home either for the first time or the first time in a long time. Brilliant. I'm taking this decision as 100% genuine. Yep, great decision over there. Lord God, I pray for this person, Lord. I pray that even right now they would know that you're with them and that you're for them and that you love them. Lord, that they would decide to follow you with their whole heart and they would never turn back from that. I pray in Jesus' name. I pray you put the right people around them. I pray for anyone else in the room, Lord, that is like, yes, I, I, I feel that. I feel the beating of my heart. I pray, Lord God, that you would lead them to in all truth about you, in Jesus' name, I pray that God, you, the source of hope, will fill them completely with joy and peace because they trust in you. Lord, I pray they will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.